one spirit, one body. I was at a wedding reception on Friday, and there's a beautiful moment when it was the father-daughter dance. And he had already done like a toast and said, you know, like 18 words. So he was kind of this big man, just very humble, simple. And she was kind of a, this meek girl. And so she, she kind of just leaned her head on his chest. And when she turned, you could see that there was tears. And, and I looked around and just about everybody in the whole place was also tearing up. You could feel the spirit of love that was uniting everybody. Today with Pentecost, we celebrate how God sends his spirit of love to us in order to draw us in. That God's heart, who created everybody, desires that everybody be drawn in. And so we see in our first reading from Acts how the Holy Spirit descends. And as they go out, all these people from all these different lands are, are drawn in and they understand both with their hearts but also their minds. And so God desires to draw us in with that love that the, the Holy Spirit, it's like the, the Holy Spirit's the person of the Trinity that can be hard to understand. I think of it as the Father loves the Son and the Son receives the love and loves the Father back. And the love between them is so real that we give him a name, the Holy Spirit. But it's the Holy Spirit that then draws us into that relationship of love. And so there's the action of the Spirit is to draw us in and to unite us. I remember about a year ago or so, where when we were all looking at this problem called COVID uh, and we're confused and didn't really understand it, trying to figure things out. And it was beautiful to me to see the entire world focused on the same issue. And, and there were little things like, I, I'm impressed with like Dyson vacuum cleaners and like Dyson engineers figured out how to make just a simple, efficient ventilator and like, you know, car manufacturers are doing that. And it was like, wow, look what we can do, humanity, when we put our mind to something. Like it was beautiful to see how, how united we were with that. People were donating large amounts of money. Governments were all focused on this. And so it's almost like we had a common enemy. <laughs> and so sometimes that's what unites a people against the common enemy. But the, the enemy to us is not any disease, but it's, it's the evil one who seeks actually to do the opposite of what the Holy Spirit does. The evil one wants to divide people. And so at the same time that God is working to unite people, the evil one is trying to divide people. And so now you fast forward a year later and it's like, wow, he, uh, the enemy's been at work. <laughs> you know, like our, our world has never been so divided. Our politics, our, even within our own church, 
that the evil one has succeeded at turning people against each other. God knows this. And God gives us all the tools we need to to resist that and to turn to him to allow his spirit to do what he intends. So maybe maybe first of all is is recognizing having an, an openness and a receptivity to the Holy Spirit. That God is the one who knocks at the door, but he never forces himself. And so even these people today in the first reading, they're, they're open, they're receptive, they're, they're responsive. They have a desire to respond to that. They're, they're drawn together as one. But the other thing that facilitates our communion is, is the gift given to us in the gospel. That at the same time that Jesus gives them the Holy Spirit, he gives them the forgiveness of sins. And so when you and I are divided, it's forgiveness that actually unites us. There was a, there was a moment at the wedding, I'll spare you all the details, but um, I kind of noticed in the reception that the, the father of the groom was talking to someone one-on-one and there was a little tension over there. And then I went with some people, we went to decorate the car, you know, just married and all that stuff. And real close to there was this guy this man and woman who were like yelling and fighting. Apparently the guy was totally drunk and he saw us and he's like, nothing to see here. And he starts calling us names. I was like, man, father's going to have to throw down here. No, I, (laughs) we, uh, my prudence kicked in and we all just got out of there, avoided the situation. But you have to imagine that here's this guy that, you know, he's making a scene at his family member's wedding. And if he's going to reconcile and be united with the family, you have to, he's going to have to lead with an apology. I, I remember even hearing a, this uh, podcaster I like, he's a counselor, and he says, he says, in order for reconciliation to happen between peoples, we have to first acknowledge the harm that has been caused. We have to you know, name the elephant in the room, name, name the hurt, basically lead with an apology. Like whenever we we're off with somebody, if we really want to reconcile, I think the healthiest step is to examine what's my part here and lead with that when I come back. It's like when the prodigal son comes back, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired workers. That, that, that's like the magic formula that, that opens up the door to unity. But, but if somebody, no, I'm, I'm good, I haven't messed up. No, they need to apologize to me. Like they, or they need to do something, you know? Like, and, and we're not receptive. We're not, we're not seeking that unity. It's, it's not going to happen. And we need that unity. We need God. God intends to save his entire family. And so individually, how does that work? It's, it, it makes sense, too, that if someone's been disconnected from the body of Christ... Well, we go to confession on our way back to communion. Even Actually, we do that at the beginning of Mass. We say, Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. We're, that's our public apology. That's when we're saying, God, yeah, I'm not perf- I haven't been perfect this week. And God says, come back. My arms are open. I love you. And, and by each of us being drawn back into that unity, each of us 
who have received the Holy Spirit in baptism, in confirmation, in communion, that us all receiving the same Spirit makes us one body. And actually, united as one body is better. United as one body, we're stronger. I had an insight this week, uh, a personal one, so I thought I'd share it with you publicly. So I, I had a spiritual direction this week, and, and I, uh, I guess it just, just came out where I was talking with my spiritual director about how sometimes we can feel all alone, like it's all on my shoulders and I have to figure this out. And in the course of the conversation, it came out like I was sharing some other examples of, of actually in my life, when I open to the other, when I am joined to the body of Christ with my gifts, I'm actually better. And I used to think, no, I'm, I should be able to, the lie that I had from my childhood was, you have to just figure it out on your own. And I realize now that that was a lie. And it doesn't make me weaker because I need people. That actually people make me better. That people enrich my life. So, you know, the, the thing, one of the things that drew that to my attention was um, I invited one of my staff members to come help me clean my office. And I'm like, I'm a grown man. I should be able to clean my office myself. But having that person there for like 45 minutes was so helpful. I was like, wow, that was just, yeah, 10 times more effective. Like, and it makes me realize like, I, it's not like humiliating to have to need people because you don't have the gifts. Like, no, God gives his body all the gifts. And when we share them with each other, then we're enriched by it. That we're not made to do it alone. And so, in this Feast of Pentecost, it's, it's a reminder that the whole working of God, the whole working of the Holy Spirit is to unite us and make us who we are, the body of Christ. A, a body that's healthy, a body that's strong. And we need God's forgiveness to get rid of the illness of sin. We need his spirit of love to fill us and make us strong. That's... That's our invitation. And so, as we reflect on that in, my own, in our own lives, how is the Lord inviting us to be people of unity? Do, do I desire unity? That, that family member who wronged me, that one that I have not talked to, the one that I'm waiting for them to apologize, do I desire unity? Do I desire healing and relationship? Even if we're not there today, do I desire that? Do, do I want to understand them, or do I just want them to understand where I'm coming from? Am I, am I ready to apologize for my part? Even if it was they yelled at me and I reacted, but am I, am I willing to acknowledge I shouldn't have reacted the way I did? You deserve better, you deserve to be respected and loved, and I'm sorry for how I treated you. And I want to go forward acting better. What does that do? When we become people of forgiveness, then that becomes a body that's so healthy that it helps to heal itself. Our church needs that. Our families need that. And our world needs that.
And today, Jesus offers us his Holy Spirit, the one Spirit who can truly make us who we are, one body.